0: Hello, dudes. Hello, duders. Hello, dudettes. Hello, everyone between. And welcome to the Hollywood Fishbowl. I'm your host, Jesse Kester. Sorry about the rough around the edges voice. I'm recovering from a cold. You're going to hear the full effect of that cold, not only in this week's episode but in the episode that will come out two weeks from this week's episode and also if you listen to the uh the oh wait we didn't announce that yet that'll be announced fully on next week's episode but there's still one more there are three full episodes of me with this voice and uh they're they're all for you baby all for you This is today is the final episode in our mini series on uh, faith-based filmmaking. So I did want to say a very quick and very sincere thank you to Jennifer Dornbusch. I wanted to say a quick and sincere thank you to Sonia Piper Dosti. I wanted to say a quick and sincere thank you to Dallas Jenkins, and also one to today's guest, Paul Long. Now, Paul Long, I have I have driven by Paul's. Studio uh, several times. I like to go thrift store shopping, and Magnolia in Burbank has some some top grade thrift stores that I like to visit. Kappa Studios is on Magnolia, and it's uh, right near some of the places I frequent. So I looked at the building, and I thought, boy, I wonder what goes on in there. Uh, I found out, and you'll find out too on this episode, you'll get to meet uh, Paul Long, who is the, the director at Kappa Studios. Um, really, really delightful fellow, really a good conversation. He's he's pretty deep in the filmmaking, faith based filmmaking. I mean, he's in the filmmaking fold, but he's also in the faith based filmmaking fold. So I think I think you'll enjoy his perspective. Also, just a quick couple of words on this series. It's been a it's been a heck of a series. This one has generated, without a doubt, the most uh, feedback and uh, commentary of of any episode we of, of any series we've done so far from people writing in emails or texting me, telling me, you know, that they dug it or uh, that that it, it brought up memories or whatever, whatever it was. Uh, I really, really appreciate the feedback. That's the whole point of this thing is to keep the, the conversation open and, and uh, flowing and going and growing so that we can keep on knowing that's that's our motto here at the Hollywood Fishbowl. Um, I got I got one one message who was uh, from, from a friend from college who was who was, I don't know, concerned that I had fallen into the fold of of the the born again or something. Uh, don't don't worry. I'm still as cynical and agnostic as ever. That's the reason I wanted to do this series was to get to get the perspective that I cannot possibly get uh, myself. And I feel like, I, I do feel like, you know, we don't know everything about the Bible and we don't know everything about faith-based filmmaking and we don't know everything about that, that carpenter from Galilee. But, but we know a little bit more and, and our, our network is, a little a little bit broader and as jc says your your net worth is your network. So thank you again to all of our guests who came on in this series. I don't think the conversation is done. I think we might be be opening this this uh this fishbowl back up every now and then to to get more perspectives and broader perspectives on the topics. So what I'd like to do is toss on over to uh, Paul Long. And I hope you enjoy this episode because I enjoyed this episode and I enjoy sharing what I enjoy with you, the listener drops. Morpheus, Morpheus is, is fighting, fighting Neo. Neo! And welcome to the Hollywood fishbowl I am your uh, lightly congested, highly uh, scratched throat host, Jesse Kester. It's super motivated. Yes. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm here. I'm in it to win it, baby. All right, all right. And I am joined by the one, the only, the illustrious, Paul Long. Follow on, oh, welcome to the hooky. There was the first crack of the day. That was easy, huh? Yep. And the music is winding down. Morpheus is done fighting Neo. Okay. What we do at the top of the show is something that we call five and five. So I'm going to ask you five questions. You'll have one minute to answer each question. This is to bang through the, the you know, the lightweight stuff so that we can get into the heavyweight. Okay. Uh, as, as, as efficiently as possible. Right. Are, are you ready, willing, and able? I'll give it a try. Okay, here we go and you get some beeps. Question number 1, where did you grow up and how did that inform your adulthood? Hollywood, California. Okay. Do I win? You win. Yes. Oh, sorry. Okay. You, you got a new question. I got
1: that. I got it. Any how did it inform your adult I mean, well, here you are in Hollywood, California. I, well, I'm one of the few people actually that that comes from that land. Yeah. Think about it. Everyone in our in our world here is from somewhere else. I am, isn't it true 50% of this room is from somewhere <laughs> right. else see the odds are good yeah yeah no so this is one of the things so people are from, from all around but this is that all, this is like the subset melting pot of the country we've got about every possible type of person here my mom and dad were also from the east chicago area and stuff mm-hmm. and they came, and my mother's from Philadelphia they came out to california and i was born in hollywood california which is another rarity There's a few of those. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was Hollywood Presbyterian Hospital, which is this ancient building down on Vermont. We'll get back to it.
0: Okay. You ready for number two? I'm ready. What is the must-engage media, the movie, the book, the album that everybody should hear before they die or watch or listen to or read, whatever it is? What's your must-engage media? Must-engage
1: media. There must-engage media that everybody must hear, read, or study— yeah. Is the Bible. Hey! Done. Done and okay. done. It's as
0: simple as that. Now, where where would you say we start? New Testament or Old Testament?
1: <sighs> For the uninitiated, I would probably start in John. Okay. In the New Testament. And just roll through it. Okay. Start reading it. And read a little bit each day. You know? Yep. Read a chapter a day. It's, the chapters are small. You go through it. Or First John's another good one. But John is, is good. And then I just sort of work through from there. Uh, there's... They have actually reading plans that take you through the Old Testament and the New, and they do a little one, little of the other. Okay,
0: yep, but, yep, and how they kind of
1: relate to each other. They... Yeah, they do. And there's, in the Bible, there's a scarlet thread of redemption, so that's it for that.
0: I would love to know more about the scarlet thread of redemption. <laughs> <laughs> Question number three, what brings you the greatest joy in your life? Wow.
1: I guess this is very monochromatic. This is going to be probably your worst interview. <laughs> is it I mean, the Bible. Yeah. It, well, just Christ. You know. Okay. Having being saved, I was late life. I, I came upon this late in life, and it just really changed me. And so there's been a joy in allowing, actually recognizing the sovereignty of God, that I don't have to live and die on the outcome. That God is totally in control, and that really changed me. Understanding that was a big thing for me what does live and die in the outcome mean live and die in the outcome um, it's people putting their all in all in something I've mm-hmm. got to get my wife over here I have to I've got to get this done I want I need to work harder I you really those, want her out yes, here though. I really <laughs> want her here <laughs> really <man. laughs> what? so it's like can you relax and, and let it happen go alright we got questions you know four. this is a lightning round yep okay go What gets under your skin? What gets under my skin? A lot of things. But um, those are areas I'm working on. I think that uh, some of the areas that I'm working on is just being impatient with others. Sometimes I'll get impatient. And, uh, you know, yeah, I think that's probably the main area. Just when people don't. And and there's also been a certain amount of selfishness, wanting my own way and you know when I don't get that getting upset about it so that's something that I'm, I'm really working on okay anything else
0: wait you, that was what gets under your skin not what do you have to improve about
1: yourself oh okay <laughs> well that's I mean that's more way less. to twist <laughs> the question <laughs> what, a, what why, you know oh, there's if, if I'll go before the beep there's another thing that does get under my skin is um, marginally produced Christian films ooh ones that are not yeah I'm not so hot on that
0: we're gonna get into that for sure so later can, on. Yeah. Cause I want to know more. I would like, I, and you know, yeah. but now's not the time. Last question of the day. As soon as I can How remember it? it, what is it? Oh, I know it. We're going to reset the timer on that one. I don't want to burn you five seconds. All right. What is your advice for beginners? Those who are new to faith beyond John. Okay.
1: Um, I think the, the advice is this, Just keep asking yourself each day, God, what would you have me do today? How can I serve you today? Keep it simple. Okay. Pretty much it. All right, then what I would like to do right now is
0: slow things down a little bit. So you grew up in in Hollywood. Are you growing up as a film guy, or are you you going into something else first before you land in film?
1: Mm. Well, you know, my dad was a director, and uh, he worked uh, in animation at Disney way back uh, before World War II. And he really created a culture. And and this is something, if you think about your own family and and the life that you've lived— there's always a family culture. And it's, it's fascinating to me because people just take that on. Whether they know it or not, they just kind of roll with it. And then there's mm-hmm. these manifestations that happen through work and life and all the decisions, but it always, there's always that center. And so for us, our family culture was work and achievement. My parents worked like seven days a week. They just worked. That's what they did. And we were taught that, not in an open and overt way, But the scripture talks about, you know, that you teach your children, the laying down, the getting up, the walking along the road. So it's that in-between stuff is where people learn. Even like in college, you know, there's the pillars of education. It's the in-between stuff that nobody teaches. And that's how you learn that. So you have to get that. It comes through life experience. So looking back on this, my dad, as I say, he came up in in the entertainment business. That's where he wanted to be. And when he came back from World War II, he was a combat cameraman, and he had... What we now know is, I guess, post-traumatic stress syndrome. Mm-hmm. So his hands were so shaky, he couldn't really draw anymore. And he was told by Disney that if you can survive the war, you can come back. You'll, you get your job back so yeah, you can work yeah. again, which is cool. That's pretty good. And so um, he came back and just wasn't able to. So he got into writing and directing and stuff. But what happened is our family culture really just became... The entertainment business and work and he'd say, Hey, now see that that's a that's a long lens. That's called depth of field. See how that works. Yep. He was always yep. showing me things, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and so I was kind of overloaded with it, not overly interested. And I loved my dad and respected him. Um he just he used to say to me, Hey why don't you come down I'll show you how to edit. I said I don't care about that. I was never interested. Ironically, and you know um after I dropped out of college I, I, my dad had said, "Well, you know, have you thought about going back? You know, and and did you
0: drop out from? What was your what was your first step? Architecture. Interesting. Yeah, that's a, was, that's
1: quite far away from, well, he from here. Miles away. Yeah. And so I yeah, was I that rebellion out. coming through? Oh, totally, totally. I lived hard. I lived rebellious. Yeah. It. I'd be ashamed if if we projected on the wall all the stuff I did. Mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't want you to see it. But you know, God was gracious. He really just he took. He took all all that away, but the point of all of it is, in doing that, you know, I got, I, I dropped out, I went back, and he's he he wanted me to be in the entertainment business because he thought it was great, he loved it, yeah, he just loved it, and 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 so um, anyhow, we at, I went back to, Pe- to Pepperdine, I actually went back and. Um, started over in school. I, I, I'd gone to about two years in college and most of it was non-transferable because some of the stuff I was taking locally wasn't really accepted or accredited through Pepperdine. So anyhow, I went over there, but I, I, I vividly remember driving back with him and he, he, he's great. When I told him I'm dropping out, he's like, why are you dropping out? He and my mother, why are you dropping out? I said, I'm dropping out because I don't think I could sit at a desk all day and just push a pencil. And I'm, P.S., what have I done? I mean, I sit at a desk all day. I've never done anything but sit at a desk, you know? I didn't understand anything about work, but to his credit, he didn't educate me at that time. He didn't go, hey, man, you don't know. He said, okay, that's where you're going. Okay, I hear you. And he said, why don't you start thinking about what else you could do? So I had all these things. I said, well, I think I could be an over-the-road truck driver. I really liked that a lot. And I had, What I had, was calling you about an, an over-the-road truck driver? I don't know. I just understand. So I love specific. the idea of driving a big truck. You know, I love okay. it. Just that and that's idea. another. That's like another million miles away from architecture. Like yeah. all these things are so far apart. It. And I was on track. I was able to really do it. And the drawing and the design, I just had a gifting for yeah. it. And so I was slated to go to Cal Poly at San Luis Obispo. And my parents were prancing around telling everyone, we've got, we've got an architect and family.
0: Yeah, yeah, It's really
1: great, yeah. And so, you know, I'm I'm sure it was a a very uh, humbling thing for them when they had learned that I wasn't going to be doing that. So then just dropped out, hanging around, attending bar, just doing things that, you know, just not so hot. But um, anyhow, went back to school at Pepperdine and I wanted, I went back for radio and television. And so that's how it kind of started.
0: I just, I occasionally check to make sure it's all still
1: rolling. Good. Well, things are rolling. Okay. Kick things off at Pepperdine. Yeah. So that's it. But we, on the way back from Pepperdine, um, my dear father was driving me. We were driving back uh, and he says, so what do you think? I said, well, it seems interesting. You know, I think, so he goes, and and he said, well, look, if you don't like it, just drop out again. (laughs) And looking back on that conversation all these years later, I mean, he must've been biting his tongue till it bled. You know what I mean? The poor guy, I he was so he was so good to me that way he just didn't crowd us my mother and dad neither one of them did but as i say they just they were workers they worked that was our culture entertainment all that stuff and that's how it kind of grew and that's what we learned and so those are lessons that i took down the road and and in certain ways are to um to my peril because being out of balance and working and not ever counting the cost those are some of the things that happened
0: when when does when do the, all these lessons start to take hold and the dropping out slows down and the bar hopping slows down? When does it
1: when does it get a little more focused? Well, you know, once I once I left college and started working in the entertainment industry, then I started getting pretty serious because I just felt like I needed to get going. I had I had wasted like three years. I think uh most most kids graduate somewhere on twenty one, somewhere in that neighborhood. I think that's the usual graduation time, maybe my generation I think is slower. So, yeah. I think I was uh twenty five or something when I got out of college and I remember even being even feeling like I was older than the population at that time. They seemed young to me at that time. Yeah. So. yeah. But yeah, so that's when things started to get more serious and I just really started to apply that work ethic and started going after it in and that you, regard.
0: You kick off in post production first or what where do you where do you start? Well, your... I
1: started out I, I was doing uh, live T V directing in um in college and um really got involved that doing that, loved it wanted to do that. And, um, I just, I wasn't able to get anybody to hire me to do anything like that. What I didn't understand is without any real experience, legit experience, you really don't have anything to offer. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. So there, I'm this guy, I'm here, you know, so, so I ended up uh, just sort of getting involved in, uh, you know, really, uh, uh, running people's laundry to the cleaners and picking up stuff and picking up cars and being a gopher running around. And, uh, you know, I did that, and that's how I got into it. And then from there, I got involved in post-production, really kind of made the decision that I should probably stay out of production uh, and just stay in the post side. And it really interested me, and I, I just started to go. But it kind of came from radio, got involved, in. It. I had a radio show in college and did that. And then from there, moved into television and just right out from there.
0: When I was getting into college, I wanted to do radio, but it was kind of... At, it, you could see that the, the curve was going to be dropping, and it wouldn't stop dropping once, once it started. Right. So I thought, oh, I'll, I'll go into film instead. But the, the heart, the beating heart is always yeah. radio for me. Yeah,
1: yeah. I love radio, too. We, it, it was a lot of fun. And I think it's a, it's a great... It's ironic. I mean, it's, I'm amazed how it stayed intact to the degree that it, it has. I'm quite amazed. It
0: gets a little bit of a rebirth in this podcasting yeah. sphere, and I'm I'm very grateful for that. Right, isn't that nice? Yeah, and
1: this is like tapping into something you loved and wanted to. Yeah, in. Yeah. that's beautiful.
0: Um, but that's not about you, and we're here to talk to you. The other thing that jumped out at me was um, the 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 how common it is across all these conversations I've done that uh, everybody gets here, and it is totally just like get in line. Yeah. Everyone has their idea of what they're going to be doing when they yeah. land and yeah. it doesn't happen day one usually.
1: Yeah, it doesn't. And I, I remember thinking I had these credentials that were so important. And, yeah, uh, you know, I, I remember talking to different people trying to get a job. And it's like, well, have you done anything professionally at all? Well, it's like, well, no, not really. But I've been in college and I did this. I built it. I built the TV station. Oh, that's nice well, I, I, well we built a remote truck too and I used to do basketball well, that's nice and I mean it's just it just wasn't yeah. it was like great just get in line and, and start yeah, working yeah yeah but I think that's such a message and the, the, I think the real message for the entertainment industry is you shouldn't be here if you don't have the fire in your belly It's too hard it's very difficult yeah and, and so if you don't have just a love of this business then it's really hard to sustain it. Yeah. Think. Absolutely
0: absolutely. If I wasn't like here to do it, I would have been gone already and I've only been yeah. here 8 months or 9 months or something. Yeah. But I I got to understand how people can burn out.
1: Yeah, it's it's very it's just inevitable without it. It's just too hard and, you
0: know. How long does it take before the post stuff starts getting easy for you?
1: Well, you know, I just you just you know you just do it and do it. It's show by show. It's day by day. I mm-hmm. I, I remember I uh, Alan Landsberg was one of the real kind of big deal producers of our era, and he had a lot of big shows at the time. One of the big ones was um, that's incredible. And I forgot all the shows we worked on, but yeah, anyway, he I saw him in the hall one day, and I was working you know, doing running and doing uh, coordination, and so I was just starting to do some assistant editor work, and and I think I was also. Uh, like taking care of all the library all the thousands of tapes when we'd have a show we'd bring all these tapes and stuff and I remember seeing him all I said hey uh, Alan when do you think I could edit? He, he didn't want to talk to me at all he's like busy he's running down the hallway and so I was kind of running along with him kind of kind of going along yeah. and and he finally stopped and he looked at me he goes um, I don't know uh, five years I said, five years? Are you kidding? And he just walked away and I, I remember I was like, "What are you talking about? Five years? That seemed eternal to me." Yeah, yeah. Five years? Well, looking back, he was right. It takes about five years to get where you know anything about anything in this business. Yep, yep, it does. And that's just that's that kind of place where you're starting to feel good, where you kind of have a handle on it. You know, you 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 don't you haven't done everything, but you kind of know how to do it. A good carpenter can can build just about anything they haven't built everything but they can build just about anything yeah yeah because those fundamental things of of that side of it are in your hands you have the gifting and the skill set and you wrap around the core competency you grow and then you build it out and then you got it so that's kind of what i couldn't see i was very bothered by that and it's like what's this guy doing man can he see that i'm somebody that really needs to start editing today you know so what i end up doing is i just thought okay fine oh then i will start editing so after work People go home. I just sit in there and work on their gear and just edit. I just spent a lot yeah, of time yeah, just yeah. teaching myself how to edit, you know, with the gear, and just had a real love for the equipment and all that junk. So
0: yeah, well, that's another one of the one of the values that I think we can bring with this program is a, a kind of like boots on the street view of what what life and work is here is like here in Los Angeles, and what you've got is is post, and we haven't talked to anyone with a post facility. So if you're, if you're kind of like someone who's just uh, dreaming of coming out to LA to be an editor, what do you think those people should be, should be planning for? How do you think they should be preparing? What should they be expecting? How do how do they get their foot in the door and shrink that five years down to.
1: Yeah. That's a tricky one because it's, it's, it's funny. It's so different for everybody. Everybody's got their stories, and their their take on it. And I think it's as varied as, as uh, just the human experience. I mean, there's so many different ways to get in, to the business, and it happens in all kinds of strange ways. And along the way, I've I've met and talked to folks, and seen them, you know, get opportunities that maybe you'd think, well, how the heck did that happen? So it, I I don't know if I want to offer too much on that because it, it's really very individual to to each person. But I think, as I said earlier, if you got the fire in your belly, if you really want to do this, and it's important, I, I think then things start to click, and and. The other thing, too, and see, what I never knew is getting in the entertainment business. And my parents never told me this. Nobody told me this. I actually have young people come once in a while and talk to me about this subject. And most of the time, they're Christians. They're, they're young people that are believers, and they just want to serve God in there. And so what I challenge them with is there's two sides to this answer, really. Your average person that just wants to work in the business, you should always be looking at saying why saying, why do I want to do that? What is this all about? Is it just to make a name for myself? In other words, you have to first try to get a handle on what's your intentions and what's driving you. You gotta look inside first, and then that's kind of the platform from which to work. And it informs all your decisions and how you go, but you have to kind of understand that first. And when I'm talking with folks that are coming from a faith background, there's I, I have a different conversation with them because the first thing is, why do you want to be in this business? This business, is changing and it's becoming more and more hostile to the faith there are things about it and projects that are being done and things that you, that you may not want to be involved in but once you get in, you're in the game so you need to count the cost the scripture talks about building your barn you see, you better count the cost mm-hmm. you don't just start building it and run on of materials you count the cost so the idea is to challenge ourselves and whether it's secular or non-secular approaches why am I doing this? is this just something that seems interesting? Yeah. Do I have something to say? What is my voice really, what is it about my voice that's different? And why would it rele- be relevant and resonate? Why would that be? Because in our entertainment industry, certainly in this market, I don't know about any other place because I don't know anything about that, but I've lived here for in this market for a long time. And what I've learned, Jesse, is that excellence is commonplace. There are a lot of excellent people. And if you aren't really a genius level player, it's hard to work enough. It's hard to be busy enough. It's hard in relationships. It's hard to be married. All these things, to, it, 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 it kind of binds you. It just, But it comes on slow, so you can't really see it. It just comes on. Well, you know, work this, work that. And I can remember my, my dear wife telling her, you know, i got to work late tonight. And she's like, where are you? I said, well, let's see. I'm in a room. I'm by myself. And there's no one here. And it, everything's got to be done by tomorrow. The producer's coming back. It's like, okay, we'll get it done. You you do that over and over and over again. It just starts to bind the relationship. Yeah, yeah. So then the question is, what what are the desires of your heart? What is in you? Is that all that's important? Because when you get to a certain place in life, you go, what the hey, what did I do? I burned all. It's like a candle. I burned it all down. For what? For somebody's show that's like some idiotic thing that doesn't make sense? So you really have to understand that key question first, (laughs) What am I doing? Why am I doing this? So I challenged on the, on the non-secular side, the, the faith kids, I just ask them, what are you here for and why? Why do you even think you belong here? Because it really isn't for everyone. Why do you belong here, if I may? I don't think I ever belonged here. <laughs> I, I literally came into this thing. I had no idea. No idea. It looked interesting. I just wanted to do radio. That's really all I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And I kind of got into this. And it was cool. And and people said, "Hey, you're really good at directing." Yeah. yeah. So I, it's like you know, I just thought, yeah, okay, I can yeah, do yeah. it." You know. And then when I got into editing, you know, it just it all it all kind of worked. You know, but um, I did not ever count the cost. That's why it's so important to me to talk and think about that because I feel like if other people could get it, just a, a, just a shot of that. I go. Oh wow. Am I counting the cost? What am I doing? Why am I doing this? What, what is it about my life? You know? So it's really those these key things have to happen and everything grows from there. Yep. I think the culture at large does it inverse. They literally do it backwards. It's we're in the culture now where everything is, if you feel good, do it. Make yourself happy. Whatever's good for you is you. I think I saw somebody's shirt the other day said, you be you. That's like a, t- a shirt, you can buy a shirt, you be you. It's like it's old, but it's been around. It's all you, 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 me, me, me. Yeah. So we have that culture that's very self-focused. All I'm saying is that's a recipe for disaster because the places that you feel best are serving other people. That I do agree with. That. That's built into us, man. We're not that, that I've, that I've
0: disagreed with everything you've said up to now.
1: Why not? It wouldn't be the, the first time. <laughs> but no, it's just this is we're built that way, man. That's how we're built. Yeah. This is it. So you know the this idea of being an image bearer. If God's created you, then he's got a thumbprint on you. That's just the way it is. So there's certain things about you, then there's certain things you do that feel right. Have you ever felt like something you just like, okay, I know this is right?
0: You, or you're you looking hear, at it, my man.
1: Okay. This is so you, where I'm finally home. Okay, awesome. Or you hear somebody go, okay, that rings true. I got that. That's there. What is that? That's a filter that's within you. So that's just like, thump, God's yeah. put that on you. So that's why when we serve other people, it feels good because we know we're supposed to be doing that. I call that feeling the pleasure of the Lord. Right here. Okay, yep. that's good. I'll take that. So that's right. Now, I'm in a season of that where I can go, okay, I can I can serve God. I can do all these things. I can work within this thing. I can make a living. All these things can happen. But instead of just looking at well, what, what can I get, 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 get. I'm looking outward. And so that's happening for me little by little. And there's days I don't do it right, and there are days I do... Oh, yeah, yeah, I know. It's like, we, 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 you know, fall down, you get up. But the point is, I actually finally have a target. Most people don't even know where to shoot. It's like, pew, pew, pew. There's, nowhere aim. there's nowhere to aim. They don't even know. There's no interest in looking either. So when did you when did
0: you stumble on the Bible? When did that come into your life? So, uh, 28
1: years old. Okay. I was 28 years old and I heard that Christ died for my sins. And it, it really got my attention. And I don't know if I really understood 100% of it, but my wife and I had gotten married, and we, um, I think her parents started going to a church down the street, and they invited us. We went down a couple times, and that's where I really heard this guy talking about it. I was like, wow, this is interesting. It just resonated for me. But it, it, it didn't happen over time, and here's what I realized, looking back on this. This is very important to me, uh part of my life story is we you know we did same. hey oh we uh we went down the field at a Billy Graham crusade Ooh, nice we did that we didn't we went down just because we thought it was interesting to go stand on the field we went down there there's a component in each one of us you have to have you have to repent you have to say God I want to change I don't want to live like I'm living anymore I don't want to do that. I want to live for you instead of myself. We never had that. But watch the hideous deception. We went down the field, we thought, okay, perfect, check that box, cool, great, got it. So we thought, we're Christians, we weren't. We were Christians in name only. We were living for ourselves, just like always, like always, but we're going to church. Now what does that make? That makes a really bad church, full of hypocrites, people that do not live for God, they live for themselves. Now what do you have, you have like a club. You got this club. It's not even a good club. Some some of them might be there just
0: because they're trying to figure it out. They might not
1: be there yet, but they want to get there. Some yeah. people take some time. There could be. And I spent about 20 years doing it. <laughs> we spent most of our, our young life never knowing. But here's the thing with us. We mm-hmm. never, we were so focused on ourselves. But yes, if you're there, awesome. Faith comes by hearing the Word of God. It's good to be there. Yeah. But I just look, what I've realized is, and this is what's informing our filmmaking right now. Our filmmaking is particularly centric, centered very tightly to the church, because I believe there is a lot of hypocrisy in the church. The divorce rate is as high as anywhere else. The things that are in the church are the same as anywhere else. So the church, why does that even matter? What The church is irrelevant. But I don't think it should be that way, because God created the church. So He doesn't want it irrelevant. He wants it vibrant. He wants people that carry each other's burdens, that work together and, and live in, in harmony and and love and provide for each other. That's what he wants. He wants husbands and wives to live together in an understanding way. And so we're not doing that. It's like, hey, you're not meeting my needs. I'm divorcing you. Get out of here. And I trashed out my marriage. I did all this crazy stuff. before. Are I you divorced? No. Okay. I should be. What happened? How how do you dodge you should, that bullet? What, if I can ask. I just, I don't, you know, looking, at, it was just the kindness of God. He literally, and we came to a place We got into a a biblical counseling where these guys talked to us about using the scriptures to kind of counsel us, not kind of counsel us, counsel our souls. It was very interesting. And through that, we realized we weren't even saved, that we had gone all this time thinking we were living for God, but we are just living for ourselves. And so when you become a believer, the Spirit of God indwells you, and it changes the way you live, think, and act. It animates you. And so now suddenly... You're living and doing and thinking and saying and, and just behaving differently than you did before. It doesn't happen overnight, just yeah. exactly as you were pointing out earlier. It kind of happens over time. But it's not perfection, but it's direction. So you'll that's, see that directions. Is, that's a good one. Okay, you'll see, you'll see directions in your life. You'll start to see, oh, I do this less. I'm not getting as mad or whatever. Yeah, you're yeah, yeah. And you'll see those things. That's God changing you. But first you have to belong to him. If you don't belong to him, all bets are off. Because you do what you want, you live you live as you want. You're in charge. That's the free will of living for yourself. So you can do that. And what is so interesting? God will allow that. He'll let you. He'll let you sit on the bench forever he, 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 if you want to. Isn't that interesting? It's so fascinating. So anyway, that's so that's where it's at. That's what I wanted to say about that.
0: You have said it. You're allowed
1: okay. to. Um, okay. Guess we better get you out of that quick.
0: No, no, we're good. We're okay. good. I think we got a good like thirty minutes. Are you okay? I'm good right now. Okay. If, if you're each itching to go. I'm gonna. i itching to eat one of these lozenges. If that's yeah, all the same. Yeah, I know. Okay. So what are the movies you're working
1: on? Let's talk about the the slate. What's <sighs> well, some of the stuff I'm working, on, I can't talk about. Of course, but, of um, course. Unfortunately, but um, I can talk about um, what can I talk about? Well, we just, you know, we just finished doing something that I think is kind of cute. Um, we were doing some of the color and finishing work for uh, Mr. Rogers Neighborhood. Say what? You know anything about that? The documentary or. No, that's already done. Okay. But they just released a animated piece, and they put it up on Google for a day. You know, Google likes to put something.
0: The little doodle, yeah, yeah the yeah. doodle,
1: yeah, that's what's called yep. the doodle. So we were a Google doodle, uh, okay, a week ago or something, and so that was you know fun being a part of that. I think that's sh- I think that's going to go to a series. I think that show is going to go somewhere, but it's just a little something something about. Mr. Rogers and him going along and you know, doing his little kid things and talking to the children, and, and you know, and, and it's coming to my neighborhood and all that. And so, uh, yeah, so that's that's a neat little piece. Uh, and you know, um, last year we did a documentary on Putin, you know, who is Putin? Mm-hmm. And, um, we have a project that I'm most interested in called Selfie Dad, which is, um, something like dad like father. Yeah, yeah, it's Selfie Dad. Yeah. Okay. Like father. Yeah. Selfie Dad. And, um, What's happened is uh, I have two things going on. We're, we're working in post production, and we have full service. We do everything under one roof, and we're looking for producers that value that because it, there's an advantage. Even casting, I do it all right here.
0: Now let's, let's okay. Now this program we have we have a plenty of listeners that's for sure, but it's really for my little sister who's a pastor, oh. um, uh, who doesn't know very much about post production. So can we take like three to five minutes just to?
1: Give her the, the general overview for someone sure. who just doesn't know that okay. much about it. Well, look, post-production is just everything that happens after production. I mean, if you want to get super simple, but once the the shooting is done, uh, we will basically start cutting a show, rough cutting or offline cutting, whatever you want to call it, and that's the creative cutting where decisions are made to create or tell a story using pictures and images and and, and roughing it together. And whether it's controlling the arcs of characters or whether you're just building up a piece and you just have the beginning, middle, and end, or whatever whatever it is, you build that up. And usually after the shoot is done, the director gets their first cut, like director's cut. Yeah. They'll get their first stab at it. So they'll, they'll lay down what their vision is. And then the producers will come in behind them, and sometimes the distributors or network, whoever it is, and they'll want to get their thumbprint on it too, so they'll come in and make their changes. Once all those changes are concluded...
0: Now, just a quick question about those meetings. Is that like... 90% of the time completely amicable and everybody's vibing good? Or is it like 10% of the time that it's completely amicable, amicable and everyone's vibing good?
1: I think it's, it's probably a mixed bag. It's probably, you know, it, maybe it's half the time people aren't very happy about stuff and half the time they are, you know. it It's so, it's always chemistry-centric. That's why in our business, people, if, if you work with them and they like you, it's pretty likely they're going to do it again because it's too hard to find people that we can get along with and in our business there are a lot of um interesting um and and really fascinating um, personalities and so when you have that they there's a comfort in, in just sort of being around people that you can to get you and yeah yeah and so they're looking for that and so as a result of that, when it comes together, then that kind of solves it. So you have that number goes way down. Then you get into 70, 80, 90% where things are okay. But there's always third-party players in the networks, distributors. They'll come in and go, hey, I, you know, I never did like a guy with a blue shirt. And, and like, we shot the whole thing in blue shirts. Well, yeah. Can we change it? Well, no, you can't. And, you know, in there it is. You're, you're, now here we go.
0: Yeah, yeah, You know, yeah. it's
1: yeah. stuff like it. I had a, I had a guy, a director. He wanted all the scenes dark. And we told him, doing this is going to make your project Rejectable. You can't, you can't take it down. He wanted it real moody and real dark. And, he yeah, yeah, and yeah. he's like his director and we respect the director. The director says, what you do was well, we're going to do. So we do it. Hey, husband and wife producers flying from New York. Here they come. They had a knockdown drag out fight in one of the rooms down there. Yeah. We never wanted this. What are you doing? He's like, this is the way I want it. I'm the director. And said, you know, Boom, and they just can't So yes, it can go any number of ways. But if you get people like to work with, yes, it's it's workable to do that, and then then it, it works out pretty good.
0: And I think that's why no matter what what resume you bring to L. A., you got to get in line, is because it's you're meeting people. Like it's networking is is the it is yeah as exactly. as important as the resume. You're not going to get by with one and not the other.
1: Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah, you have to be able to get along and and stuff. It, it's so true and. And if, if you do, that's awesome. And if you don't, it's harder. You'll still work. There are people that are super, super gifted. They're really hard to work with. Yeah, yeah. And so they don't work as much because yeah. not everybody gets them, and they just have a hard time. So, so if you got twin currencies, that then you're in there.
0: I would love to ask all the messy questions about that, but let's skip over it and get to uh, after after the producer and the director have their meeting. Uh,
1: so what, then yep. we pronounce the cut locked.
0: Ah, is it ever truly locked? I mean, do you get to call that and then it's done, done, done? Or is it, is there always pushback?
1: That's always the goal. It's always the goal, but there's, there's always something that, you know, that'll, well, not always many times there are things that keep you from locking the show. Yeah. But we move with it, you know, whatever that we're here to serve. We're a service business. I always tell our group, we're here to serve the customer. That means serve them. Yeah, Yeah. You know, not, not grind and gripe, it's serve them. So these guys are good here. I think that's one of the areas we excel in is, is serving the customer understanding the way that works and if they're successful then we tend to be successful yep, so that's our goal yep. cool. make them happy so to do that yes it's reconform it's getting stuff done but then you have that lock cut then from there there's a uh, picture finishing and conforming the show and bringing into full resolution whatever you're working in yep. and then on top of that we're doing color you know and then there's repo work and there's just things that you want, maybe want to introduce grain in the picture. You know, whatever you want, things do you want to do. Uh, the color, we we spend a lot of time meeting and talking about color. If it's different color, or it's very exotic, or it's you know, you know, is it a comedy? What is it? You know, so different s- venues and genres have these sort of some color and then some places, frankly, uh, just want to break out. They want to do something kind of, hey, let's do a skip bleach look. Let's just desaturate it. Yeah, yeah, we want to yeah. look this way. And they they bring shows they like in. I got this show, and you know that kind of stuff. So when that happens, then we we meet about that and get that all sussed out. And then we come through and, and color the show as uh, simultaneously the sounds going on, ADR and Foley. Are you doing the itself. sound in the, in building? Yeah, we do everything right here. Yeah.
0: That's wild. That's so many different departments yeah, yeah. that you've
1: got going on here. You bet. And that's, but see, that's the advantage for producers. They can come, I can give them one price yep. and then we internally control the logistics of that. Yep. 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 And that for time and budget, both. We've had things where we, we, okay, well I want to, I want to send, you know, this over to this one and that one. They, they do it. But it's never easy. And then there's a lot of finger pointing when things don't work out right. Yeah. yeah or the yeah, drive yeah. doesn't come. Yep. Yep. yep and yep. why didn't I get my stuff on time? So w- the, the small independent producer is has been relegated to working with two, three, five different people that they just need to do it. And everybody works in their underwear at home, you know, and they, yep, that's what they do. Yep, yep. I call it the underwear army. That's what they do. They just are out there. But the problem is when they get a better gig, something happens or what are they just like oh, i'm not here i can't i can't i forget. i can't do anything you know my kid's sick i gotta go well okay yeah. All that's all great what about my drive where's my drive yeah, yeah well I, i'll bring it tomorrow but i need it today well I, I know man. that's where i'm at and that's what you hear and that's just devastating i don't right?
0: know man that's where i'm at <laughs> i mean it's like well okay quote unquote attributed to yes. my generation <laughs> oops ouch so, no, you, you got our number with that sentence. Yeah, <laughs>
1: that's where I'm at. But yes, and we've we've picked up many a job that way too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> with people calling, they go, "My mixer is gone" or whatever. it is. So the point it's is, just where he's at, we need yeah, so someone else. Said, so there's and what do you what do you do with that? There's not yeah, much yeah, you can yeah. say. You're kind of there. So anyhow, but all this to say, yes, we have it all in one roof. We have a Dolby Dub stage, yeah. so we can do all the final theatrical mixing here. Awesome. We did the visual effects. Yeah, all all that work, all the deliverables, the QC, every element of that. We're we're set. So we can help out with that. So I like to do the packages. It is beneficial and, you know, whatever. Some people say, no, I don't want that. I can scale it up and down. So I do when they need it. I just need this. Okay. I need that. Whatever. But we like, we like doing a package and we can, because then we're responsible instead of us relying on others. And and I like that because we can perform. How many people are working here full time? Oh gosh. We've, uh, we had actually, um, this is a very important question. I've had about thirteen employees here, and I, recently I've skinny down mm-hmm. because we've kind of—I'm um, going to—I'm going to use the terminology—burned the ship. So we've kind of moved the company in a new direction, and I opened up a production wing a couple of years ago. And so in doing that, I had to really dramatically change the way and the amount of people, what we're doing. I kind of had to trim the sails up and everything. Yeah, yeah. And so in doing that, it is open opportunities for us to. Do production which is something that i've wanted to do and i'll tell you more about that in a minute but that was that that is where we're at now so we're probably right around seven or eight people now i think oh,
0: okay seven. okay and you bring people on when you got too oh, much lots, work yeah, okay. there's, there's
1: a m- number of people that ring around that that ring and freelancers and just different groups that we're used to working with for all these disciplines I am honestly uh, no
0: disrespect to to the Lord, but I'm just as interested in post workflow as I am in faith based filmmaking.
1: Okay. okay, great.
0: Whatever you know, I'm here. Yeah, I'm here. Quick question: How does how does uh, God's Not Dead fit into all of this picture?
1: Well, you know, we we did sound for that film. We worked okay. on that. Yeah, we were involved with those guys uh, and did some small films for him as well. And uh, yeah, God's Not Dead was really um, one of the one of the real. Um, top five big faith films that has come through maybe you know uh, last you know um, Mel Gibson's thing the uh, passion yeah, that's, we had that it's kind of a big one um, you know fireproof and courageous uh, facing the Giants uh, and of course this one and now I can only imagine. Um, I, we have some of the producers from that in here now working on a show from that uh, we're working on, I can only imagine. But anyhow, yeah, those are some of the real kind of big projects that have done, you know, 50, 60, even $80 million, which is major league when yeah, yeah, you yeah. look at it. Um, and they've been able to o- open the audience up in such a way. And I think what they're giving is they're giving hope and, 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 and telling it through stories. And projecting a message of hope, in, in, in different varying degrees, but uh, what we did is we pivoted our company and expanded it out for production. So I've got production and this going on. So, so my goal or my mission is to create faith and family projects, and that that lift the culture up, speak into the culture in positive ways, and point to Christ, but also point to just God and living in a way that would just different. You know, we, and so we've got all sides of that. You know, and um, I believe that. Not most people say my films cross over. Everyone's going to want them. We've. W-
0: That's the big question on my mind right now: is as Perfect. how do we improve faith based film? Here's the thing: can I speak honestly? You don't have to throw anyone under the bus, but I watched God's Not Dead last night and felt very um, outside of the party. It, it really doesn't paint non Christians in a in a in a good light at all. Right. Um and I, I, Is that the first time you've seen it? It was the first time I saw oh, it was, okay, interesting. was in okay. prep for the for today. And I watched uh the resurrection of Kevin Stone. That was Dallas's feature. Have you seen that one? I have, yes. And watching those two back to back, I felt like Gavin Stone really felt kind of warm and welcoming to an outsider. Right. And God's Not Dead. Not so much, if
1: I can be honest. You bet. Well, you know, I I here's the thing. The good news is for me that I'm not, I'm not involved in any of those projects in the okay, ideation okay. of creative. However, you know, we, we're around them and, in you know, one of them we worked on and, and um, anyhow, I think that, yeah, there is that possibility. People think they can create projects that cross over. And what, what I think, I don't know, this is worth what you're paying for it, but here's what I think about it is that, uh, Brad, my director and writer here with us, he and I talk about this stuff a lot because we're always trying to figure out who is the audience and who should we talk to and what will we tell them? And then why would they even care? So these are the questions that we pose each other and try to figure out. Yeah. And that's what's informing our scripts and our stuff. Our, our IPs is, is, is set up with these things very focused in mind. And I think we've talked to many producers and writers, directors, and they'll say, I think that my film will cross over and what they're saying is it'll be warm and engaging to your point and it, yet yeah, it'll project uh, something about Jesus okay great and there's this thing there's a sort of cadence or patterns in those films where it's almost like you blow a whistle and now it's time for the Jesus talk and brrr, okay yeah. time. time out time, time out, out. Yep, 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 here yep, we yep. go okay got that thank you now move on and so what we did like this film and, and uh, the, our selfie dad that we just finished were seamlessly integrating truth and humor together
0: that was what Dallas was talking about. Was that humor is is might be the turnkey to 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 bridging this gap? Please, it totally go deep is. Into it that.
1: totally is. Here is the thing: there was a guy that came out here from back east, and he's a guy that does uh, audience. Um, you know, he studies audiences. He's a yeah. research guy. So he sat where you are sitting, and we had a big go around, and and uh, he was telling me that he told me a lot of things, but one that was sort of a good takeaway, kind of notable, he said when people watch movies every single time every movie there's at least one occasion I don't know if this is true I'm repeating what's been said so I'm, I'm trusting it's true but we'll you know, you decide. Well, we'll see if this yeah, passes you the yeah. smell test he said, he said there's in every movie there's at least one occasion where the doors of the heart open
0: here's open you mean and, from the audience member opening yes, up to the film yes, they're what watching they're
1: seeing the doors of their heart opens the viewer's heart opens, yeah and you can put in any message you want And they'll consider it, you know, not usually reject, consider it or embrace it. Embrace is like really pull it in, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or consider, yeah, that's that's how I'm going to think about that, you know? Okay? So, and sometimes there's several occasions like that within a film. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So if we agree that that's true, think of the power of this. So I can project messages. You're in the dark. You sit there in the dark. You watch our film and we project messages. We tell you things. Weaving it together, I think, makes the doors open more often. See what I'm saying? Yeah. I think the doors open easier and more often because we're not going, time for a moment. And that's what I think the pattern has been. It's sort of sophomoric in a certain kind of way. And look, when our film comes out, it may be punctuated with a belch and a yawn, so nobody may care, but this is our opinion. We hope something good will happen. We're working to open those doors. That's it. So that's our goal. That's our target. With our stuff, what we're interested in is we would like to speak into the church because of the aforementioned idea of hypocrisy in the church and people not living for God but just living for themselves and being in the church, which I think is very dangerous. I'd rather be outside the church just living any way I want Mm -hmm. because at least there's no mistake. You know, it's like you know what you, you know what you got going. You know how you're living. There's no there's no the other is like you think oh wow here I am not so much. So imagine the horror of that where you're you think. That you're polling like because,
0: because you're in church, you've passed the test. You're you're good to go. Like an inheritance or check that out. Yeah, box. yeah.
1: And uh, as I'm long tell- as you
0: don't fall asleep,
1: you probably That's it. Yeah, just show up. Yeah. Show up. And then so you have this sort of mask of piety. Yeah. Hey, how are you? I am blessed. How are you? Oh I'm great. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And this it's very clubby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I love the church. I'm, I love, love, love the church. That's why I've really dedicated myself. And that's what we want to do. We want to just speak into the church. And here's what we think, Jesse. We think that if we speak into the church, that what I call the cup of faith will fill. The cup's about empty right now. The cup of faith will fill. It'll overflow. And when it overflows, it'll go out in the culture. And then one-on-one, somebody will sit down with you and you and you and say, hey, this is where I'm living. You can see how they live because it's real. People now in this culture are lacking things. They, they they want hope. Nobody has it. Nobody has hope. Nobody has peace and joy. They don't have it. They don't have love half the time either. So those are the missing components that everyone wants. You can find them in the church. But now, the way we are now, not so much.
0: I do feel, I feel like that that, that we, that there's a heavy cloud over our nation right now if I can, yeah. if I can go out on a limb, we don't have to get all into it, but I do feel like that there is a cloud and that we, should be, uh, we should we should allow a little more hopelessness in the average person's day to day life, a little more like that that feeling of waking up defeated already. Yeah, um, if it's fair, I think it's okay to to you, you think to cut them okay, some yeah. slack. With well, as long as the cloud is there, as it,
1: I don't know, I don't know, I you. And, and these are these are good things to think of because <laughs> look, there's these sort of point and counterpoint to all of it, but what what i've realized is i just feel like we need to speak into the church and encourage them yes and lift them up and point them in the right direction using these stories we want those doors to open and then we put a message in how are you treating your children put a message in are you what kind of a husband are you what you know let's put those messages in to show those things yeah let's put those things and the scripture says that faith comes by hearing the word of god hearing it and they can be, it can be scripture, but it can also just be concepts. Concepts. You know, the idea of living with your wife in an understanding way. That's a tall order.
0: It's a very, any person. Right. Even if you don't love them, it's hard to live right. with one person and, and understand. Think about but then that. if you love them too,
1: it, it, it complicates everything. It totally does. So what the scripture is talking about is speaking of sacrificial love. Mm hmm. Sacrificial love. That's what's going on there. And I think that's an exciting dimension because it's back to not living for myself. Well, you're not really meeting my needs, so I need to get rid of you. I had a guy, a good buddy of mine, he said, I'm divorcing. I said, why are you divorcing? He said, well, my wife won't clean up the house. I said, well, what about you? Can't you do, t- why yeah. is that- <laughs> what the hey? And then why does that even matter? Why is that, why yeah, is you- that, look at that. That's a very selfish thing. There's something about that, and, and he's not interested in helping.
0: Well, it sounds like a, a, a nice way to say that there's a lot of other... I mean, you can so hire... other things. Yeah, that, that's like there's other stuff I
1: don't want to talk about right now. Yeah. That's
0: my first guess. Sounds on. Good. Yeah.
1: Maybe just keep it all in the back
0: here. Yeah. But I don't know the fella. So yeah. Well, I, I, you I guess in a certain term. kind of
1: way, I don't either. I was surprised, but you know, whatever. But you now these, I'm just saying that that was just such an interesting statement, kind of an emblem of not getting what I want. Yeah. And that's yeah. what, that's what the culture is geared on right now is get what you want. You deserve it. You deserve it. I'd like it. I don't even know what I'd like. I just want to be back with my what?
0: <laughs> if I had to put a pin oh, on it. Yeah. I'm just sick of spending time apart from her. Sure. Let's, let's ring that thing. Let's get into the, you get the first pull.
1: Okay. So now what am I doing? Oh, I got to go into here now. Yeah, yeah. Just pull one out. and Oh, and I'm we'll, getting the first poll. Okay. I'll yeah, go we'll chat
0: it down, whatever it is. Right. And if it's ridiculous, you don't have to.
1: Okay. Yeah. What celebrity should be your stand-in? Well, I can tell you that I've been told that my stand-in would be Victor Alonzo. Hector Alonzo. Uh, 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 He's a very old actor that apparently I look like because we're both old and he looks like I do. Should we should we load up a photo look and look him up yeah, yeah check him out up,
0: up when <laughs> we post the episode?
1: yeah so I, yeah, I was told that that uh, apparently that's who i look like it sometimes okay. so, so depending on the day take that with you it's suitable for framing there you go oh,
0: thank you if we could get the bell a little closer to me okay. i also oh. like to ding it every now and then okay this is right. the longest we had one that was almost this long to reach but this is this this, takes is, this is okay Ooh, what's the one movie or show from history you wish you could have been the one to make oh wow that that leads to another question that I had: Are the Casablanca and King Kong arbitrary? Like, ah, oh, these are nice posters. These things I like. Yeah. Oh, okay, or those aren't no. the films from your childhood. That, no, that no, they're not. Just things we
1: No, just things we thought were cool.
0: They're pretty safe. Those are, yeah, you know, yeah,
1: there's, there's certainly a dimension of that, but we, you know, it's just stuff that I'm interested in. You know, um, Cecil B. DeMille did the Ten Commandments, mm-hmm. and he did it twice. He did it back. I think it was like 1923 or something. Then he did it again in 1956. I think that would have been an awesome thing to be a part of. To be on both of those productions to oh, see how it changed, yeah, grew. Yeah, and you know, I I know we actually did a documentary on um, the first one. Mm-hmm. It's a fascinating story. Um, it's a place called Guadalupe, California, and in Guadalupe, California, there are these sand dunes, and they set up that first set mm-hmm. of ancient Egypt. So imagine the Sphinx, and, all, and they trucked it up from Los Angeles when roads were not very passable at all. Yeah, yeah. It took a long time. They brought all these people up, and so they had just masses of people up here. And then when they, when it was done uh, with the set, they were worried that some other competing studio might come and use their set. Mm-hmm. So they decided to destroy it. They destroyed it, but they didn't take the parts out, they buried them under the sand. So it was still there? Did they dig them up? Or? They're still there to this day. And there's been archaeological digs over the years, started back in the 70s. And these guys are actually going up there and digging around, looking for some, finding things. And it's, it's really a fascinating, fascinating story. And this guy I love Hollywood. I know, Hollywood it's, it's stories so cool. are just so good. Yeah. And, and the way this happened is there was a guy named Peter, I can't remember his last name, but uh, um, Bos, Bosna Brosnan. Brosnan, I believe, he uh, was in a bar having a couple of cool drinks, and uh, I guess the way the story was told, they're getting a little bit tight in there, and he's talking to some of the locals, and it came up that this had happened, and that there was the Cecil B. DeMille set was buried under the sand, and and you know people are saying it's just a legend, it's not really true, and so this guy Peter Bosson he spent about thirty or thirty-five years excavating shooting working on this and, and just trying to and then getting approval and being denied and the city and the county and the coastal commission and all the things he faced down to to get to that place of finding parts and pieces of it but uh, it, it's really a fascinating uh, documentary and um but that I would love to have been on that and they talked about you know we we have we do set extension we do crowd multiplication <laughs> You know, okay, you know yep, yep, yep. these guys, they didn't have that opportunity. They'd have to have lots of people. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. They'd have to have all these people. And there was a story where Cecil B. DeMille actually got up on top. I believe it was 106 feet tall, mm-hmm. 106 foot tall set the top of it because they had one camera in her shot. Yeah. Yeah. And so he wanted that tall shot. And Cecil B. DeMille was one of these guys who was a very hands-on director. So he's like, I want to go up there, show me the shot. There was no video village. Yeah, yeah, Show me yeah. the shot. So they get him on ladders. He's climbing up, and he gets up to the top and look down the shot. Yeah, it's good. Okay, we're gonna use that. He's coming down. He has a heart attack. And so, yes. I love Hollywood stories. Is this awesome? <laughs> like they're I'll all insane. I, can, I don't want to insane. worry about this. I can <laughs> no, tell you no, no, no. But yeah, it's, it's just anyway. They got him off of there, and they told him, "You're done. You can't. You can't do the film. You have to go back. This is threatening your life." Well. P.S. He stayed all the way through to the end. Of course. And of course. Yeah.
0: So you can't,
1: you can't back down. So he didn't.
0: Your turn, please. Okay.
1: I'm supposed to go in here
0: now. Yeah. Just keep pulling. I'm going to go deep. Yeah. Go deep. Like we haven't already for heaven's sake. When they go low, we
1: go high. All right. Let's just see. What did you get? Tales from holding.
0: Do you do background extra work ever? No. Then we can ring a
1: ding ding right out of that. Okay. That's do you a, want to go again or do grab, you know oh, go on ahead? You can grab one. What have I
0: got? Were you ever a bad friend to someone? What did you
1: learn from ending a friendship? Oh boy. I I have been a bad friend. I think that's probably fair to say. I think everyone's been. That's what
0: yeah. childhood and young adulthood is is learning how to not do that.
1: Yeah, I think there's some of that, huh? Yeah. Um, yeah, I think I, there's been some occasions, but I, I think um, looking back on it, I've seen that it always comes out of fear, selfishness, or greed. Those are the things that I think animate us, and that's when I've done stuff to other people, I think it's come from those things driving me. See, we're a tank. You're like a you're like a vessel. Yep. You can fill yourself up with anything you want. Isn't that interesting. Whatever. Food, work, sex, drugs, what it doesn't really matter. Education, beautiful music, whatever you want, you can just fill yourself up. Yep. And so if you don't fill the tank with good stuff, then anything can come because nature abhors a vacuum, or so they say. I don't know if that's true, but I think it's probably true.
0: I think in, in in terms of human poetry it's it's You've pretty darn thing? true. Yeah.
1: So if you think of that so the vessel so I think looking back on my life, when my tank was filled improperly, I think things come out. Because what's in your heart will come out of your mouth. Yep. Isn't that interesting? There's no escape. It comes out. So if these things of fear or greed or pride, these things come out, then it, it, it manifests. And that's what ruins a friendship, I think. And then the pride not to come back and say, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. People don't do that. They say, "Well, I, I you, you, deserve that. That you do, Look what you did to me." Sorry
0: is, I think, the most powerful thing a human can say to another human. It it's really, sense. really an important it is an important it? tool that we have in our in our psyche.
1: You know, my wife has been t- sort of teaching me along the line. I'm a little too prideful to grab this all the time, but she said there's a second part of that. She, said, when you tell someone you're sorry, she said you you have to mean it. Some people just say it. Isn't
0: that awesome? (laughs) That's the trick, isn't it?
1: Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you have to mean it. And she's saying one of the ways you can do that is if you're really sorry, then you'll be provoked to say the next thing, which is, can you forgive me? Yep. That's that next thing. So I don't come by that very naturally. I wish I did. So I'm working. It's one of my areas I'm working on is just learning how to humble myself and, and, seek forgiveness as well as telling somebody i'm sorry
0: there's one more that i like to tag on after the can you forgive me and that's no rush
1: yeah yeah good awesome Is yeah because sometimes people are like i don't want to talk to you right now yeah, yeah yeah, I can't let me go away i'll talk to you later. good yeah i think that's wisdom right there that's that's wisdom let's do let's do one or two more and am, then, I, am I tiring you out okay. no 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 no
0: I could do this all day what is the most trouble you endured with your parents
1: oh gosh most trouble I endured with my parents
0: was it in high school or was it until you got to college before the wheels finally came off
1: the trouble I endured in in that, in that age range was just being rebellious not listening just running around doing stuff you know getting involved and in you know, the smoking and drinking and drugs and so I, I got I got off in, with wrong people doing wrong stuff. And I think it I think it wasn't so much trouble. My parents weren't really, you know, um, super yellers or anything, but I I hated hurting them and I think I did a fair amount of that. And I think there was a, you know that kind of stuff, you know, it was very very grievous at the time. Yeah. Looking back. At the time I didn't understand too much, but looking back now I I think it was those are things i think that hurt them
0: but having kids of your own don't you do you feel like that there's maybe it's just part of growing up i mean did they whatever well, it, it doesn't ever have to be
1: but it it is see this is it's back to the sin condition of man see it, i'm sorry but all roads lead to this i mean we just live in a fallen world and you know that's why these things happen you look at like how can one kill another how can we have these you know, a, different kinds of abuse and all the stuff you read and hear about. How is it? It's the sin of man. And, you know, years ago, we had we had a guy who was, uh, I was at a church, and the pastor was playing around with one of the girls. And my wife came breathlessly to tell me, you aren't going to believe it. I said, I do. We're really no different than they are. And let us never forget that. We're not different. We're the same. We all have the propensity to do wrong things. So when you recognize that, then that also heightens your need. to like, wow, how am I going to get out of this? That's why you need a Savior. Christ died for our sins. It's not for our sins at a certain time, appropriate age, sense. No, it's 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 just that, the fallen world. So that's I, that's how I see it. I've got no rebuttal. Okay. <laughs>
0: is it cool if, if I take it a lot, mostly as metaphor and poetry and less literal than maybe you interpret it? What, what is that? Oh, the Uh, the Bible. Like for me, God is love and Jesus is the, 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 the smoothest, the straightest line to love. Might I don't, is it literal to you? Is it, is it a one-to-one ratio? What's in the book is, is truth or
1: or is it poetry for you? Huh? So that's an interesting question. Um, the Word of God is living and powerful sharper than a two-edged sword it divides bone and marrow joint and marrow soul and spirit and it knows the thoughts and intentions of the heart so the Word of God reads you you read it, it'll read you so there are things that are wonderful poetic things when you look at uh, the Song of Solomon I think that has that sort of dimension to it but it's understood in, in the church that I attend that it is the Word of God. And so, yeah, it, no one comes to faith except through Christ. And the Word, as a matter of fact, in John, the, I was telling you about that book, it yeah. said, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. That's Christ they're talking about. So it's like, wow. What I'm saying is it's something that's living and powerful. So that's the way I see it. But here's, the, you can take it any way you want. Well, thank you. I mean, why not? You know, but I, I, for me, that's my opinion about yeah. it. But I think, re- you know what I would do? I'd read it. Whether you read it that way or not, I don't know. I read it in high school or college was Pepperdine? Mm-hmm. I was at Pepperdine. I wasn't interested in any of that stuff. You know, it's like a Christian school. Here I am at this school. I didn't belong there. Yeah. But they yeah. allowed me to be in there and they didn't hassle me and but they had they, we had like a Bible class. I read it as, you know, like a textbook and it was completely disinteresting. This is like nothing to me, nothing. But it's funny as time went on and when I when I was saved, it just I started to see it and I got it. And so that's something. So you'll read it and mm-hmm. keep reading. There'll be a day where it may just turn right on for you and you go, "Oh wow, I now I see it."
0: I'm doing the cover to cover. You are. Yeah, there is stuff there's just Beautiful, beautiful stuff. The beautiful stories that jump out and really speak to to the yep. human condition. Yep. And then there are very long lists of when you can and can't sacrifice lamb. And yeah. uh, those aren't those don't speak to me. So yeah, much. they're not they, so interesting. The, sure. the, the cubits oh, don't, yeah. don't speak to my soul.
1: <laughs> but I haven't heard that said. That's good.
0: But I'm I'm doing I'm I'm doing the legwork on this one and trying to trying to trying to learn what I don't know, so I yeah. I think we're good. Are you good? Did we miss anything? I don't think so. We, you want to we, give
1: a shout out to your grandkids? You see? I think we pretty well painted the town here. Okay, uh, then yeah, yeah. We're well, gonna... I, I will do this. I will. I'll hold up a picture of my two grandkids. I can show you a picture, which I really enjoy. These are great. Yeah, I I hope you come into that day very soon, Jesse. And uh, what happens All if I do it right. this way?
0: And I'm going to adjust so you can actually see it. All right, this is what we call pull and focus while you podcast. There it is. All right, there uh, it is. Zoom in. Done and done love it love it love Isn't it cute, uh, and we just got a notification <laughs> from jeff thomas <laughs> jeff stop talking to me we'll blur that out right, or cut to yeah, the law yeah
1: we'll just cut it cut away all right, all right then that's I'm good was well, nice to visit with you
0: i'm gonna play the wind down music you won't hear it but um i will yeah okay we'll play it and wrap it up thank you so much for oh, wow Thank you so Usually I do this in my funny But This is the Hollywood Fishbowl You can find us at www.hollywoodfishbowl.com uh, Twitter and Instagram HWfishbowl uh, Good lord I should not be talking today It is not about us It is about our guest. Where can people Learn more about Who you are And what you do Well
1: they can go to uh, KappaStudios.com you know, It's www. Kappa studios, And uh, we're here Remember Banking and- If you have projects you want to do, let's talk. We'd love to be a part of that and uh, when uh, if you get to a place where you see Selfie Dad in the theaters, go and see it. Heck yeah! And I come down this like I'm on this block
0: anyway for the thrift stores. I love doing oh, you like, through, digging through records and oh, stuff. How so nice. I have I have driven by this studio several times and thought like, oh, what's great. going on at Kappa? What? Oh, didn't great. didn't realize that that until I got here today that it was the same one. Oh, it's great. So. Well, I'm thrilled to, thrilled
1: to have you here. It's great to be your guest.
0: Thank you. I can't I can't thank you enough for your time, for your insight, for your wisdom, mm-hmm. and letting us see the world through through your eyes for for an hour and um we're almost out of music so goodbye bye-bye